0: Hello, and welcome to the Graniacs podcast. I'm Bill Free, and I'll be your host here in downtown Stuttgart, Arkansas, with Riceland Foods, the rice and duck capital of the world. Welcome to the Graniacs. I'm Bill Free, your host today, and i got a special guest and and good friend of mine, Dr. Ryan Askren, here with Five Oaks Ag Research and Education Center, just south of Stuttgart, out here in in what we like to call the, the duck capital of the world. Ryan, welcome.
1: Thank you, sir. Thanks, Bill.
0: Glad to have you here today, and and uh, I tell you what, why don't you start off and uh, kind of give them a little bit of history on Five Oaks and and how it started, um, and and a lot of folks know I, I get a chance to do some guiding down here, so I, you'll you'll hear me say we a lot because uh, 23 years of it, I'm I'm still a little <laughs> bit of a part of this thing, so. Uh, give them a little little history of how Five Oaks got started and where they are today, and then we'll get in, into the. Yeah, yeah, the rest absolutely.
1: Of yep. So Five Oaks was started by uh, Mr. George Dunklin back in the 80s. Uh, really, kind of a vision he had. Uh, they have a little bit of family land here, uh, and it's really, really grown from there. He was able to buy it from the Memphis Furniture Company, uh, started running as kind of a commercial hunting operation. Uh, even kind of from the onset, really, really looking for kind of a different clientele. He, he was looking to maintain the same clients year after year, provide just a really quality, uh, both hunting experience, but overall hospitality experience, experience here at the lodge. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's really just been great. He's uh, able to acquire a lot of properties over the year and really just manage it at the highest level possible uh, for waterfowl. Working with Mr. Jody Pagan, who came on, I believe in 2006, uh, but just an incredible biologist, botanist, great understanding of really the whole ecosystem uh, to where we can manage for ducks, provide all the resources that they need, not just planting, say, corn or something for them out there, providing lots of moist soil, bottomland hardwoods, of course, uh, flooded timber is really important both for the ducks and for hunting culture here in Arkansas. Uh, so yeah, it's been, it's been a great hunting operation, really great group of clients. Uh, and it's really more, George, if George is thinking about the future, he wants to ensure that this is here in perpetuity, uh, even long after he's gone. That's kind of where I come in. Uh, so they got in conversation with Doug Osborne, who has a fantastic waterfowl research program at the University of Arkansas at Monticello, along uh, talks with Jody about what what they can do, and their, their idea is really to... to uh, we rolled this into a nonprofit, the Five Oaks Ag Research and Education Center. We are a 501 3C nonprofit organization. We're partnered with the University of Arkansas and the University of Arkansas at Monticello, uh, which have a forestry agricultural program there. Uh, and really, through that, we're able to ensure that this land's going to be here uh, for the long run to make sure that it's providing great. Great habitat, great resources for waterfowl and uh, hopefully encourage ducks to keep coming here long into the future.
0: Primarily, and, and this started just a few years ago, uh, but but this is George's uh, vision of the future for, for the Five Oaks location. Um, still some hunting done, uh, just yes, not as much pressure as it used to be, but uh, primarily uh, from the way I understand it is it's got a lot to do with con- uh, conservation.
1: Yes, sir. Yes. And now now uh, the way that we've rolled this into the nonprofit, everybody coming here to hunt is actually a contributor to the nonprofit now to where, okay. uh, of course, they're paying fair value for the hunt and all that stuff. But everything right. above that is actually a charitable contribution, uh, which allows us to continue doing the, the research, the education programs that we're doing, uh, as well as help with some of the management. Wow, that goes on out here,
0: and from what I understand, as you mentioned earlier, that uh, y'all have partnered with u a m in doing so, you've brought in students, and you you are educating these students to become conservationists themselves and be able to move on and possibly manage a a duck lodge or a a wildlife habitat uh, or work for the government or d u or some other uh, area. And uh, can, you, can you go into that a little more? Yeah,
1: yeah, and that, uh, again, great vision by, by Mr. George, Jody, and Doug. Uh, we've really seen a need for training students in the hands-on land management aspects, uh, that people really need to be successful in these land management roles with uh, state, federal, and, and private organizations. Like you said, managing duck clubs, managing refuges, those kind of things. Undergraduate programs are doing a great job of teaching the ecology, teaching the science behind it. Mm -hmm. Uh, On kind of the other hand, we've got land managers that typically come from a farming background, which is great, but they don't really have that ecological understanding. So we're really trying to marry those two together to where we're taking students coming out of an undergraduate program, uh, continuing to train them in in the waterfowl ecology, the science behind all of it, but also bringing in the really practical, applied land management side of things, getting them on tractors, mm-hmm. uh, getting them pulling boards from water control structures and really getting them uh, just working with our managers here to see the full, full kind of cycle of how we do things for waterfowl for management.
0: Also, they're learning about trees. They're learning about um, moist soil units. They're learning how that benefits ducks. And, and most of these kids come from areas that that that's not available or they haven't seen it before.
1: Yeah right and that's we're really really blessed to be where we are at in Arkansas uh, both here at Five Oaks and just geographically in the region uh, to where there's really nothing else like this. I mean the way we do waterfowl management in Arkansas uh, I think can be a really good example of how to Kind of intensely managed for waterfowl across the country, mm-hmm. and we're really interested in that holistic uh, kind of ecosystem perspective of waterfowl management. To so where we're doing great things for the ducks, holding lots of ducks. Of course, that gives us uh, some great kind of hunting opportunities, mm-hmm. uh, but it also does great things for water quality, for yep. soil quality. Uh, there are all sorts of other kind of environmental values that good sound waterfowl management.
0: Well, it also gives um, uh, the ducks food, energy, and and uh, gives safety. them, gives them safety. Exactly. Yeah. And it also helps them, uh, on their way back when they start migrating back North.
1: Yep. Yep. We know, we know the fatter we can send hens back, the, the better they're going to do nesting, mm-hmm. the quicker they're going to get back there, find those good, good ponds right. uh, and have bigger broods. Good. So, yeah. Good.
0: Um, how can other local farmers, we have a lot of farmers that listen to this show and how can they get involved with some of this? And, uh, Improve their conservation, improve their waterfowl habitat, uh, and and help with the conservation of ducks.
1: Yeah, of course, we're always looking for contributions. But in terms of management on your own property, uh, we're really big proponents of moist soil management. So mm-hmm. if you have areas that just aren't productive, that you know you're fighting flooding every year, those kind of things, just letting those go back to what really what they're meant to be, kind of moist soil areas that are growing natural duck foods. Uh, that's really important. Playing those in small grains like millets. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're not able to make a crop on that even playing small grains after you uh, cut a crop off of that is really important. We know that uh, of course rice agriculture is incredibly yep. important to, to ducks in Arkansas. Between that and, and the Bombland hardwood timber uh, is really why the ducks have been coming here for decades. Uh, with more efficient farming methods, we know there's less food left in the fields, is a little bit earlier. Uh, so any opportunity we have to work in those areas that aren't in production that aren't uh, you know high value for agricultural production, any chance we have to put food in those areas uh, I really think that's important yep.
0: can can those uh, local farmers get in touch with you guys and, and learn from you and and uh, uh, turn some of their their property into to more soil units? Yeah,
1: absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Mr. Jody does some consulting. You can reach out to us at uh, fiveoaksrec.org. Uh, my contact information is there. Uh, I'm sure we can yep. post and it somewhere Y'all, else y'all well. have a couple
0: of uh, on-farm or in-the-field um, meetings, don't you? Uh, yes. Where, where you get groups together and, and show them what you're doing and, and how it's been done and... and yeah. So th- yes, that's, that's another good opportunity for them to come and get a hands-on feel of it. Yep,
1: absolutely, and that's where we're trying to do more of those field days, yep. trying to uh, really just build a community. We're we're all working together. It's really important to have complexes, mm-hmm. waterfowl habitat. So we want our neighbors to do well. We're not right. we're not competing with them. The more ducks we can, you know, feed and and kind of give them the sense of safety in this region. Yep the more likely they're going to keep coming back here Good. and the more successful we're all going to be.
0: We, we've already determined it or you guys have already determined that that uh, once the duck starts coming to, to certain areas they will continue to come back and their brews will come back to those certain areas also.
1: Yep. Good Yes, yeah, sir. Yeah winter, winter site fidelity uh, is kind of what we term that and uh-huh. that's yeah, just providing those resources makes it a lot more probable, uh, especially with them wherever they follow, follow wherever they, they go. go. But.
0: Yep, uh, that's usually what happens in the real world too. <laughs> yep. Yeah, the um, you can also the farmers can work with the local conservations, uh, conservation conservation uh, services uh, on their own farms. Which which services do you recommend they work with? Um, some of the some of the local conservation services that that the USDA provides.
1: Yep. Yep, USDA, uh, the NRCS office with WRE, WRP Mm -hmm. program uh, is incredibly important. Uh, CRP programs are great. We have some property in that, generally shorter easements, uh, planted trees. Yeah, that that provides some really great incentives to put some of this habitat we're talking about, some of the, you know, planted oaks, reforesting areas, again, generally poor farm areas. Yep. Uh, to put put habitat back some of the stuff
0: that was cleared that probably should have never been cleared yes sir yeah yeah um i know you all do quite a few different projects throughout the year and throughout the last three years with uam are there any one or two projects that you did that that really stick out and and when i say stick out that that once you got the results back showed you something concrete that you thought was there but now you know
1: yeah uh well it's tough to limit to just one or two one of the, one of the big projects and kind of areas of research we're working on is mallard movement. Uh, so putting yep. transmitters on these mallards, That's tracking right. them around yeah. the landscape. Oh yeah. Uh, lots of different questions related really to like fine scale forest characteristics, uh-huh. how much red oaks they're kind of selecting for, mm-hmm. how much, uh, kind of bushy area, higher stem density, those kind of things. Uh, and one of the biggest take homes is they're, they're really sensitive to disturbance, uh, so some of Ethan Dittmer's work that we did over at White River, some work I'm doing here, really showed uh, that they're, they're not moving a lot during the day, they're not going places they can be shot during the day, uh-huh. uh, but they will go to places, uh, private land, rice fields at night to go feed. Okay. Uh, so so, so when the weather is conducive, they're yep. able to kind of make those trade-offs and go feed at night. Okay. Uh, so really, really sensitive disturbance and that has lots of implications for how right. we're hunting a property, yep. how often we're hunting. What time area the that you're hunting, hunting the fields
0: yeah. and, or a piece of woods that you're hunting it, it you keep banging them and beating them up they're going to move yeah and, and or not show back up yep. yep yep uh
1: another one we've been working on is a diet study using some kind of newer techniques called metabarcoding. Okay. so it's actually using uh the genetics from fecal samples mm-hmm. so we're taking poop from harvested mallards Right. Uh, Amplifying the DNA of that, comparing that against a database to look at what food items they're eating. Uh-huh. Uh, and there's lots of debate. Lots of people don't believe they eat ac- acorns in Arkansas. Uh, uh, turns out acorns were the highest occurring. Yeah. So uh, we had more ducks eating acorn than any other type of food. Uh, Interesting. Kind of close. A barnyard grass millets was uh-huh. way up there. Panicum or uh, fall panicum is another one. The smart weeds. Right. Uh, the persicaria, Pennsylvania smartweed, ladies, some smartweed. Uh-huh. Those were actually the highest occurring and kind of the the highest detected uh, right. plants within those samples. And the last one I'll plug is uh, kind of mid-management practices on WRP CRP trees. Mm-hmm. So we've got a lot of these tracts of, of planted oaks that have been there for fifteen to to twenty five, even thirty years. Mm-hmm. Uh, that have been untouched, and right. uh, those canopies are growing together, and there's just not much light getting down yep. to the forest floor. We're not having forest succession because there's no light for other Yep. Uh, trees the next kind of generation of trees to pop up in there
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: so we're working towards looking at a lot of questions pertaining to kind of what happens when you go in and thin those okay uh, so just taking out a few trees 15 to 30 percent of the trees uh-huh. uh, and getting sunlight back to the ground and okay uh, we know that's good for turkeys we know it's good for songbirds we know it's yep. good for mallards uh, just working to really start quantifying kind of the the value to wildlife yep. of, of those practices
0: interesting All right thank yeah. you very much
1: yeah. Thank you.
0: What, what do you see as the goal of uh, Five Oaks uh, Ag Research and yeah, Education?
1: That's a, that's a great question. Our goal is really to improve uh, the landscape for waterfowl, especially here in Arkansas. Uh, we're doing that through the research we're doing. So we're really interested in applied research, trying to figure out how we can man- better manage and conserve waterfowl. We're doing that through the Graduate uh, Certificate Program. Uh, where we're training people to be better land managers, to uh, be more efficient in the management, be more effective in those positions, uh, and we're doing that through our youth education programs, so working uh, mm-hmm. even with grade schoolers, just trying to foster that appreciation for nature, right. appreciation for conservation, uh, that hopefully they'll be big proponents for that, uh, whether yeah. they go into kind of the conservation natural resource field or, uh-huh. or if they're just uh, living out here.
0: The um how many how many kids have y'all graduated through your program so far?
1: So we have graduated seven okay. students so far, and that's uh, through a
0: through two years of through their, two years. Uh-huh. Yes, sir.
1: So we're in our third cohort, uh, still fresh in this program. We have five students okay. this semester, are all great kids uh-huh. uh, from all over the country, right? Everywhere from Florida to to Illinois, I guess, uh, Wisconsin, uh-huh. uh huh, this north, uh, okay. but really great students. Our past class, we. We have students in Ducks Unlimited. We have students uh, with a few different private landowners, uh-huh. uh, U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, good. and then two that are in, in graduate school now. Oh, working, wonderful! Working towards their masters. Yeah, so, uh, good deal. Really successful. Really proud of those guys. We've oh, been yeah. really fortunate to have just had a had a chance to groups.
0: yes, had a chance to get to know that last group, and they were a bunch of a bunch of great kids. They really yeah. were, and they're going to go a long ways. Yes, sir. Well, let's get to the the fun part: uh, migration trends uh, of Ooh. ducks. I don't know if it's fun or not, <laughs> but uh, it's a it's a hot topic. And and uh, as a lot of folks know, the the Texas area has their migration has changed as far as ducks and geese. South Louisiana's have changed uh, due to, with ducks and geese. Can you see or tell is is Arkansas is changing? Obviously, we're getting you know a lot more snow geese and and. Uh, uh, specs than we have in the past but uh, what, what do you see out in the front of us and what do you see changing with the migration here in Arkansas?
1: Yeah so with with really all migratory birds I mean God made them migratory because they're able to move across the continent and take yeah. advantage of the resources where they're available so they're going to move to where there's the best food and mm-hmm. um, you know the lowest risk of dying uh, to really maximize their survival uh, so they're really adaptable Uh, And we've seen that with a lot of goose species to where Mm -hmm. land use practices have changed, urbanization, uh, changing in farm practices down in Louisiana, Texas, to where we've seen the shift of white yeast and speckle bellies up in the Mississippi alluvial valley. We've also seen that with Canada geese further north, shifting Mm out of, uh, I mean, historically Alabama, Mississippi, all the way up to Tennessee, and then it was southern Illinois, and now it's northern Illinois. Uh Uh, So they can definitely change. Um, uh, I think that's a big... A big reason why we need to be i mean, really cognizant of that and we need to be fighting for habitat uh, down here. We need yep. to make sure we're providing them the resources they need and not shooting them every time their feet touch the water, right. uh, giving them some safety. Or we, we could, you know, even in our lifetime, see, see a shift, probably right. not completely out of Arkansas, but yep. where they're wintering. Uh, and we've seen a little bit of evidence of that from kind of long-term band recoveries to where there's a little bit of a signal of a shift north. Uh, not super measurable with mallards at least. Uh, but yeah, I think that's, we, we really need to be fine for habitat here. On the other hand, I'm, I'm still optimistic. Uh, yep. we've got lots of great resources down here, just incredible landscape in winter, especially mm-hmm. when we get some good rains. The amount of water down here is just, yep. uh, unlike pretty much anywhere else in the U.S. Uh, right. So we're really fortunate for that. So I'm very, op- I'm optimistic that we'll have great mallard numbers, especially, uh, I guess I'll plug some of the the nesting stuff in there too. Uh, during great times, when we when we have good nesting conditions up in the mm-hmm. prairies, we've got a surplus of ducks, young ducks. Uh, but there's going to be lean times. We've been oh, yeah. we've been really fortunate that populations have been great. We've been in the liberal season for a number of years. Uh, but that's not a guarantee. A couple couple drought years in the prairies and yep. the populations getting thin. And that's when it's even more important to make sure we're maintaining the habitat down here and in the prairies. Right. Uh, when conditions do get worse.
0: Uh speaking of that, the uh wildfires up in Canada, is it Ooh. do we know if it is affecting the ducks up there uh or is it too far east uh for the uh, the mid-south? That's
1: that's a great question. No, there there are a lot of uh especially like pintails or some of those mm-hmm. tundra nesters where we have most of them breeding the prairies, but there are some that are breeding all the way up on the Arctic uh ocean along right. the coast up there. Same with speckled snow geese, they're all up on that Arctic coast, okay. uh, so they're definitely flying through those areas. Uh, there's definitely some ducks, diving ducks, and mallards yep. and green wings nesting in some of those areas that are fires. I, I'm not familiar with a lot of good evidence that mm-hmm. it's you know drastically shifting where they're nesting or migrating, right. uh, but we do know fires have affected like songbird migrations. Okay, uh, some of the fires out west that we had a few years back, yeah. we some songbirds that were kind of getting thrown off course, I guess, from the smoke and right. trying to skirt around that. So, yeah. no, that's a great question. I'm, I'm, I'm maybe not the best qualified to answer that. Yeah,
0: but. but, uh, I guess we'll, time will tell. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Sir. Time will tell. Um, and as we, I think the numbers on, on the DU count came out a couple of weeks ago and, and, uh, it looked like some of the, some of the numbers were down, but uh, a few of the bird, uh, populations were up. I think pintails were up some, but, Yep. mallards are down just a little bit so yep
1: yeah waterfowl breeding habitat and pair survey i think right. is wph wb anyway yep. uh the fish and wildlife service delta and du yep. and everybody else releases those numbers uh but yeah there are some pluses in there canvas packs, which yep. have been really struggling over yep. the last couple yep. of decades are up uh pintail were up unfortunately uh-huh. mallards uh, Blue wings are another one I'm thinking about right now. Yeah, yep. uh, they're starting to move in. Right. i uh, really hoping to get after them in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, uh, and they're down a little bit as well. Okay. Uh, but that also, uh, so I always tell people that's that's really good measure of the past year. Uh, yeah. So that's measuring the production from 2022 uh-huh. uh, that's rolling over into this year's breeding. Uh, so there's still a great chance that we had. Uh, a good great difference. production yep. in areas that that's yep. going to provide for that fall fly and there's going to be more and more as we germans.
0: all know mother nature will control a lot of that yeah you know, yep always yep. does always really, does a lot of
1: harvest depends just on on the yep. kind of weather conditions uh, down here in the midwest
0: that's right well ryan we uh, appreciate you taking time out to be on our grainy acts. we didn't talk a lot about grain but we know that ducks like grain that's, that's and uh we, we like ducks, and so uh, we do appreciate you taking your time out. And, and if anyone wants to get in touch with you, uh, why don't you give them your name and, or your number and, and website that they can reach out to you and our email address. Uh, that way they can, uh, if they have any questions or what they can do to help our not only our ducks down here, but all across the state of Arkansas.
1: Yep, yep. Ryan Askren, uh, if you just Google Ryan Askren Five Oaks, I should, should pull up, and my number and email will be there.
0: That'd be great. Well, thanks again, and, and uh, we appre- as I mentioned, appreciate you coming on today. Yeah,
1: no, thanks so much. You appreciate bet. it, Mr. Bill.
0: Thank you for joining us for today's show of The Graniacs. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our channel, and be sure and follow us on social media. For more information about The Graniacs, Riceland Foods, or just rice in general, visit us at riceland.com or riceland.coop. Thanks again, and we look forward to having you listen in on our next podcast.